Alumni Audio Lab. Welcome to Alumni Audio Lab, a bi-monthly podcast from the OEAD. This is Austria's Agency for Education and Internationalization. I am Doris Obrecht, and in these podcasts, I talk with alumni of OEAD who have all studied or done research in Austria. We talk about their life, their research, the background, and sometimes also about current events and developments. This is episode 38. Looking outside, I see heavy snowfall in Austria, but my guest may see sunny weather and maybe even a palm tree. Krista Stubbs is an environmental technician from the Caribbean side of Nicaragua. Her main field of research is the adaptation to climate change in the rural areas of Nicaragua. Krista holds a bachelor's degree from the Bluefields Indian and Caribbean University, also known as Ibea Biku in Nicaragua, and a master's degree in environmental science from the University of Vienna in Austria. She was a scholarship holder of the Austrian Partnership Program in Higher Education and Research for Development, also known as the APEAR Program. This is a program of the Austrian Development Corporation. In her master thesis, she focused on the climatic vulnerability of producers in the Rocky Point area on the Caribbean side of Nicaragua. Today, she works as an environmental technician and as a lecturer at the IBEA Pico. Krista, thank you very much for taking this time, and it's very nice to meet you. Thank you for inviting me. Nice to meet you as well. It's a pleasure indeed. <laughs> Krista, Austria is very far away from Nicaragua, but you made it, achieving your entire master's degree in our country. How and when did you come up with the idea to study in Austria? Oh, that's a good question. So during my bachelor's studies at the Big University, I had um, accompanied or participated in different activities that the Environmental Institute of Biodiversity at the Big University would carry out. Um, one of them happens to be that in 2000, approximately well, it's 2016, the big university had uh, developed an, a project that was financed by the APEAR program. And uh, one of these components was to send scholars or students who are interested in doing their master's degree abroad. I was luckily chosen one of these students. And of course, I made much of the opportunity and why not? I mean, I went, I studied, I really enjoyed my stay in Austria. Of course, it was difficult at the beginning because I had to acclimate myself to the whole new environment. Of course, going from a developing country to a developed country was a big change. And so I had to adapt myself to so many things, but I always had the interest in doing a master's degree. And so for me, this was the perfect opportunity. So I just embraced the scholarship that I had. Oh, were Austria and the University of Vienna your first choice to go abroad or was this depending on the scholarship? Yes, it was the first choice because I really wanted to do a master's in environmental science. And I saw that there at the University of Vienna, the, it was the studies is an interdisciplinary study. The subjects were really aligned with my bachelor background. So I thought, okay, maybe I'm a, I'm a good fit for this. And yes, I applied there. This reason. And when and why did you decide to make the environment and climate change the main focus of your research? Climate change is a global issue. 
And unfortunately, living on the Caribbean coast, we are very vulnerable to the effects of climate change due to our geographical location. Um, we are so prone to floodings, hurricanes, storms. And so for me, studying or getting more immersed in this topic was a life changing. This way I could not only learn more about climate change, but come back to my hometown and apply what I've learned in some, some way or the other. So yes, for example, my master's degree, I chose to wrote my thesis on carbon sequestration in mangrove ecosystem as a strategy for climate change adaptation. Why? Because here on the Caribbean coast, we have a lot of mangroves, but many people up to now don't really know the importance of these ecosystems. And so for me, doing uh, research in this field would be a great way to explain to my home people, okay, this is, mangroves are not just important because they are habitat for different species, but also they play a key role in climate change adaptation. And since we are a vulnerable, we are a vulnerable country or a vulnerable, you know, we, we really need to learn more about climate change issues and how to cope with this at the local level. We'll talk about this a lot more later on. The climatic conditions in Austria are completely different to Nicaragua. What have you learned from these two worlds in which you have stayed and lived while doing your research? <laughs> I must say that I really enjoyed winter in, in Austria because <laughs> don't, I don't have this opportunity in Nicaragua. It's just rain or sun. So I learned that, okay, at first it was very difficult for me to cope with winter because I need to be wearing so many layers and it was, I was always cold. But I learned that in life, you need to challenge yourself. And if this means going abroad to study and adapting yourself to whatever situation, just to achieve your goal, just go for it. So this, I learned this even though, I mean, it was Difficult at the beginning, as I said, to acclimate myself to the new environment, the cold and all of this. But I had my focus that I must come back home with my master's degree. And so I just learned that you keep your focus and you'll achieve that you really want in life. So you don't agree with the Viennese people who say that winter in Vienna is mostly gray, cold, wet and ugly? <laughs> <laughs> no. Winter is nice. <laughs> When Europeans hear Caribbean, there is one picture which pops up in their mind immediately. It's palm trees, white beaches, beautiful sunsets. It is a place of longing for them, like, like a paradise. What are the main challenges for someone who is living in supposed paradise? Okay, so it's very challenging to know, okay, yes, we have coastal line, we enjoy the beaches, sunsets, but then... On the other hand, it's so challenging to know that, for example, in November, December, we are very vulnerable to hurricanes or storms. So you have the practically the whole year to enjoy the beach, enjoy the nice water. But then you know that at any point due to climate change, for example, down more down in the year, like from October to December, you are at risk. Um, facing a, a hurricane that can probably leave you without a home, without life. And so this is very challenging for us. 
one of these hurricanes was also part of your research. So let's talk about this a little bit. You conducted research on the level of climate vulnerability of producers in the Rocky Point area in the face of Hurricane Yota. It hit the Caribbean coast of Nicaragua on the 17th of November 2020 as a Category 5, which is the highest category for hurricanes. What were the biggest problems people faced after the hurricane? So people lost their home completely. In the production system, there were a lot of losses. The hurricane took away so many trees, so many apart from the houses, and people lost their home practically. I mean, here on the Caribbean coast, one of the main source or economic sources is fishing activity or agriculture. And so to see that your farm is devastated, it's so challenging because then you rely on this to supply your daily need. So it was a very sad moment. And I mean, you definitely lost everything. This was your main source of economic income. So you just had to go definitely just start everything over. The Northern Caribbean coast was severely hit by the both hurricanes. Um, many people had some people die during this time. And practically, I would say like 70% of people just ended up without their homes. And as I said, just had to start everything over again. So it was just a very sad moment in the history of Caribbean coast of Nicaragua. And it is was the first time in history we were hit by two hurricanes just within a week. So, I mean, people don't even, even have the time to recover and then had to face another hurricane. So it was, it was a very sad, sad situation. Ken, as you said, um, it is known that the Caribbean coast is vulnerable to these hurricanes, but can someone ever be prepared for a hurricane? Are people preparing somehow? Well, no, there are people who would um, implement certain actions to adapt to climate change, like, for example, build your house in a higher area or maybe plant some trees to protect from any storms that may emerge. So I would say, yes, no, people are, they are aware of these happenings and they are trying their best to adapt some, somehow. You also sent me before an article about your research on the effects from the Hurricane Iota on especially one community of producers in the Rocky Point area. Can you tell us some more, something more about that? Yeah, so I basically chose this community because it's one of the, I'd say, most important productive area on the Southern Caribbean coast, specifically in the municipality of Pearl Lagoon. Uh, my home origin. And here is the area where farmers have their farms. And as I mentioned, people here rely on farming activities to, for their subsistence. So studying or evaluating the effect that these hurricanes had in this community was very important to me because that way I get to find out that these people lost, for example, half of their production, in some cases, everything. And this means that it's like an economical pressure on them because they need to find resources to start over again. Um, so these were one of the, the most important findings in my research. Another finding was that 
there are not so many, uh, just a few structural and ecological vulnerabilities, but there are notable health ones. I know that 100% of the population do not belong to the health system, as you wrote, but this is not only a problem when it comes to natural disasters, right? That people do not no, have no, this belong to the health system. They do not have the health insurance system. So as I mentioned, they were shocked by, they were devastated by this hurricane and not having a health insurance system also put them at risk. Um, not having that opportunity to visit a specialized um, hospital where you can get good attendance. So this is also a major challenge. Can you tell us more about what you focused on in your research for the master thesis? Yeah, so I focus for the master thesis on the role of uh, mangrove in carbon sequestration as a strategy for climate change adaptation. Because we know here on the Caribbean coast, many people are not aware of the role of mangroves in carbon sequestration. So this was um, a brand new topic When I actually came home to take samples, I had to explain to my home people, okay, I'm taking these samples, I'll analyze them and study out the amount of carbon in this. But then I had to, they were like, okay, and how does this help me? What does this mean? So I had to explain, and okay, this is because carbon play a key role in climate change adaptation. And by studying this, just you will be um, um, trying to contribute to the dissemination of knowledge based on the importance of, of mangrove ecosystem and how we should protect them because they are very important in, in climate change adaptation and they need some protection. Do they also play a role in preventing from natural disasters like hurricanes? or Exactly. They serve as natural barriers, so they protect us from these so that's one of the main reasons, of course, apart from just sequestering carbon, we definitely need to protect mangrove ecosystem because here most people are aware that, yes, mangroves are habitat for many species because, as I mentioned before, we depend on fisheries activities. And they are also aware that they are natural barriers to protect us from storms and hurricanes. But then the role as carbon um, sequestrator, still many people don't really, um, they are not aware of all this. We talk about that for a while now. The focus in your research lay or still lies in climate research, climate protection, but also in climate change adaption. Do you see a difference between climate protection and climate change adaption? No, it, so they don't go hand in hand. Climate adaptation to climate change basically is because you are vulnerable or you are susceptible to a certain effect. On climate change. Um, on the other hand, you may have climate um, protection. For instance, if okay, we both we need both rain and sun, and so you have that climate is changing. There's a time, for example, in production system where you definitely need some rain or some sun, so this can help the crops to grow. But then, of course, we need to cope with climate change adaptation. On the other hand. And what are the main crops and plants which are produced in this region and in Nicaragua as a whole? So we have basic grains, roots and tubers, and vegetables on a small scale. 
In Austria, there is also an ongoing discussion on the resilience of crops to the effects of climate change. It is often recommended to switch to more resilient types of crops. Is this in discussion in Nicaragua as well, to just change crops or plants which are more vulnerable to climate change? Yeah, and farmers are also adapting new methods to improve the resiliency of their crops to climate change. So maybe they would change from uh, growing their crops in a lower area to a higher area or planting them at a more depth so they can be more resistant, for instance, to wind. So these are some actions that are being developed by farmers. Can your results from your research be adapted to other regions in Nicaragua? Sure, I definitely believe my research can be adapted to other regions in Nicaragua because here in Nicaragua we have two Caribbean regions. We have the southern and the northern part. So I def- and we both share the basically basic the same problems. So I do believe that my research result can be adapted to, for instance, on the northern region so that they can also understand more about climate change issues and try to put some adaptation actions into practice. Where is the most urgent need for action, according to your research? First, producers need some technical support, definitely, and some economical um, um, support as well, because Farmers are, they are small scale farmers and in many cases they don't have enough um, economical means to develop. Maybe they have the idea what they would really want to do to cope with climate change, for instance, in your productive system. But because of the lack of technical, um, economical help, they just can't move on. So they just need to continue doing things empirical. Is this? State somehow supporting the farmers with technical support or with um, financial support or anything like that? Yes, on a small scale. But there are also projects that are financed by international organizations where um, the main objective is to support small-scale farmers and fishermen in technifying their, their productive activities, basically. How is Nicaragua dealing with climate change in general? Are there any state programs or government agencies or something like that? So there is a strategy, for instance, there is a plan, adaptation management plan, a national adaptation management plan. And the government, through its different institutions, try to reach out to people and try to capacitate it, even though it's on a low scale, but yes, there are some small actions. And these actions are happening. So the plan is not only existing on paper, but also being adapted. Yeah. <laughs> are there any regional or civil society initiatives against climate change or for climate change dealing? Uh, I'm not aware of this. I'm not sure. And we already talked about the hurricanes, but are there any other main effects of climate change in Nicaragua? Yeah, sure. So we have that apart human-induced inadequate activities, which is leading to climate change, obviously. Um, we have results like, for example, fish population has declined. There is an increase in plagues and activities in agricultural systems. Yeah, basically. Who is most affected by these effects of climate change? 
I'd say small scale producers like farmers and fishermen, because as I mentioned, these are people who rely on these activities for their subsistence and they don't really have any other options. So they are definitely more affected by climate change. Is this area, this region, this rocky point where you conducted the research for the effects of the hurricane, is this a rural area? Yeah, it is a rural community in the municipality of Pearl Lagoon. It's just a productive area where farmers do their activities. But there are people who are farmers who live there permanently. But definitely it's a rural area which lacks a lot of basic needs, like, for example, There's no schools. There are a lot of uh, limitations in these basic. Nicaragua has quite a lot of universities I've seen, but many of them are in the area of Managua, which is the capital city on the other side of the country. How do you see the role of universities in climate protection? Oh, universities play a key role in climate protection because I think it's one of the main places where students can learn more about climate change. And not only that, but university also try or seek to carry out um, projects to help people, especially people who are vulnerable to climate change. And so I believe that all universities should be taking climate change issues as a main focus as well, because Nicaragua in general is vulnerable to climate change. You worked as an environmental consultant at the Ibea Bico at the university Did you advise the university on environmental issues in this role? Sure, sure. I surely did. Um, I also had the opportunity to have talk with students. So I would um, make known to them my research results. Like, for example, okay, the importance of ecosystems in general and their key role in climate change adaptation. So I was given the space during this. It was just a very short period of time when I did the consultancy. But I was given the opportunity to share my knowledge with students, which for me was very nice. And this climate protection thing in the operation of the university, in the daily life at the university? It's part of the daily life of the university. We try to implement climate change adaptation actions here at the university. We try not only teach the students, but show them. We would have times where students go to field trips and it would be I would say the best opportunity to show them, okay, you need to develop certain actions. These are actions that needs to be done to adapt to climate change, whether it's protecting a certain ecosystem or maybe not avoiding not throwing garbage because waste is a major issue in the Caribbean coast of Nicaragua. And so we need to constantly be educating the students about these things and how small actions can lead to climate change adaptation. I mean, it may be minor as it may seem, but once you try and you, you teach the student these things, we believe that there will be a change. As Nicaragua is one of the poorest countries in Latin America, is there room for environmental awareness in the society or are there too many more pressing problems? Yeah, sure, there is room for this. And different projects and even universities constantly trying to build awareness amongst people around these issues. So. The people who are not part of the university, not the students or professors or so, but also the, the other ones. 
Yeah, sure. So these they would have the opportunity to participate in capacitations because many of them are not aware about climate change issues in general. And so through projects and different activities that the university would carry out, this would be um, they, these are opportunities to get across a message to different um, people or citizens just out there that are not aware about the situation. So we would do this through capacitation or sometimes even making small videos and trying just small things to get the message across. <laughs> Was it easy for you um, in your research, especially on the effects of the Hurricane Iota, to find interview partners uh, within the producers there or are the people skeptical? It was easy. I'm basically from the zone. So it's it's like I'm dealing with my people, so it, it wasn't an issue for me. <laughs> okay, so you, you speak the same language, you're coming from yes, there, so it's exactly. so it's much easier. It's mm -hmm. very it was very easier. To what extent is Nicaragua, in your opinion, influenced from outside in terms of climate protection? So there are um non-governmental uh, organization that support the country um, tackling climate change issues. For, for instance, the University of Pico right now um, is carrying out a project that is financed by the Austrian Ministry of Environment. And so through Horizon, Horizon 3000 had been working hand-in-hand um, -hand with Pico University since like approximately 10 years or more on climate change-related projects. So recently, in 2018, they developed a project on creating a management plan and declaring a marine protected area on the Caribbean coast of Nicaragua. And once this project was finished, through Horizon 3000 is based in Austria, they made an arrangement and got another project financed, which is now being developed and will be carried out for four years. This project is basically on climate change adaptation as well. Um, one of its main focus is implementing the management plan that had been developed as a key product of the previous project. So we are working on basically unveiling awareness on climate change adaptation for coastal communities, whether it's by implementing activities such as reforestation of mangrove, which are key in climate change adaptation, We are doing some background production with ladies, basically, for food security. And there are many actions that we are trying to develop with the community people in face of climate change adaptation. Climate change and protection are sometimes seen as rather technical. How closely are solutions in climate protection linked to social issues for you? So by solving or implementing methods to cope with climate change, people can have a better livelihood because climate change is severely affecting the way people live, whether if there are farmers or fishermen who rely on these sources for their subsistence. It also influences people's health. And so if we adapt different methods to cope with climate change, we can definitely make some difference and I would say it's definitely influencing the social aspect. Do you see yourself as a technician or rather a social scientist? As a technician, as a technician basically. I have a few more questions. One is about the last presidential election in Nicaragua. 
this was heavily criticized in the German language media and press and also by politicians from the European Union or the United States of America. It was labeled as neither free nor fair, several other presidential candidates being imprisoned. There is talk of the death of democracy in, in your country. How was the election and the election campaign of Daniel Ortega and his wife portrayed in the Nicaraguan media? As you said, it was a lack of democracy. People were not given the opportunity to to vote freely. We didn't have options for other candidates because many, seven or eight of them were put to prison because they were against government. It's basically violating people's rights. So I don't really want to say so many bad things about uh, <laughs> political issue, but um, it was not it was not best. Does it affect your daily life? So far, no, it hasn't has any influence on my daily life. And how does his presidency affect and the environmental policy? Is this an issue for him or not even a little? Yeah, it is. Is it? It is an issue for him. But there are still not so many state programs. No, no, there are few states program and the institution, the governmental institution that basically work or try to develop actions on climate change related issues. As I mentioned, there are plans, there are actions, but just on a small scale, there are not really a lot of things. As Christmas is coming up, at least here in Austria, what is in your wish list to authorities when it comes to climate protection and climate change adaption in Nicaragua? So I wish that more strategies, more climate change adaptation strategies, more plans, more action can be implemented, not just on paper, but in action. Because this is a must for, for our country as a vulnerable country to climate change. And what are your personal plans for the future? My personal plan is to pursue a PhD. I would really like to specialize in the area of wetland management Because on the Caribbean coast, this have not been given the importance that it deserves. And I feel like someone needs to study it and someone needs to share the knowledge with the people to try to build awareness around this. And so I will try to pursue higher education sometime soon. <laughs> in Nicaragua or somewhere in another country? I don't have a choice right now, but I would. I really like the idea of going abroad because that way I learned so many things. I not only in the line of education, but also I learned how to cope with different cultures and different customs. So for me, going abroad to do a PhD would be great. Krista, thank you very much for taking the time for this talk. Thank you for inviting me. This was Krista Stubbs, environmental technician from Nicaragua. Alumni Audio Lab is brought to you by Austria's Agency for Education and Internationalization. I am Doris Obrecht and all former episodes of this podcast can be found at our website oead.at slash alumni minus audio lab. Alumni Audio Lab. <laughs>